0: And welcome to My Independence Report, which is actually kind of a fun thing we're doing today. And uh, if you haven't noticed, uh, we are all three, of course, we did this before, we are all live, but now we're live on YouTube, and we are broadcasting around the world. So if you know anybody that would like to be part of our little uh, shindig here, you can have them uh, go onto YouTube, and, and uh, they can find us, and we can have a good time. I'd like to introduce, however, because this is, this is what we call Life Between Lies. This is the third in the series, and I'd like to introduce um, uh, Natasha Benter. She is a... Uh, um <laughs> Nat- Natasha is a uh, psychic medium. She also is uh, works with angels, and she's very, very familiar with the other side in a spiritual level. And, uh, and she talks to them on a regular basis. And uh, she's with us today, and we're going to talk with her about what goes on on the other side. And we have a gentleman by the name of uh, Regan Forston, and he is with us. And he is a... Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> oh that's fun he is a uh, um um a hypnotherapist and he worked with michael newton if you're not unfamiliar with who michael newton is he is a master hypnotherapist who could take people very very deep into hypnosis and Regan's going to talk about that take them very deep into hypnosis so that they could remember what the, what the hell they were doing in between lives and stuff and that's what we're so welcome the two of you how are you
1: we're fine doing Good.
0: Now, awesome, awesome, awesome. So, uh, does anybody remember where we left off last time? Whew, that was a week ago. I know. <laughs> lots of had <laughs> lots of stuff oh, was happening. I think.
2: I think we were we we were talking about um, who's there to meet you when you leave the physical mm-hmm. body.
0: Yes, we d- we did that.
2: Yeah, and I guess we could recap a little bit. Basically,
0: you're you it's you're up, sir.
2: Well. What, from what I remember we were talking about is um, usually when uh, a certain pa- a person passes over, they never, nobody ever dies alone. There's always uh, mm-hmm. somebody there to help them. So nobody ever has to worry about, well, you're going to be all alone and lost or something. That's like a welcoming committee of some sort or another. Sometime it could be an ain't what people see as an angel or a guide, or it could be a loved one that's already passed over that, you know, like your mom or dad, if they're already there. Um, but uh, it's always a welcoming committee to kind of uh, take you through the passage between this place and where you go, where you spend your time before you decide to come back in another body. Um, so not, not, not to worry. And there, we've had, like I say, in, in these series, you're going to hear me mention 50,000. Well, that's just what we're up to so far at the Newton Institute with people that have had a gone to a past life, uh, see themselves pass away, turn around, and then we have them take us where they were taken you know, from that life, uh, into, I guess people call heaven or something. So, um, and it's, a it's, a, that's what this whole thing's about is letting people know that the wall has become much thinner between the, uh, the other side in here. And the other side is being able to speak to us more now than ever. Uh, about 80% of people that, that I take through this technique, which is very simple are able to just boom, just go to the other side, go mm-hmm. to a past life. So, uh, we're in a great age right now, uh, but we still have to wake up to it because uh, us three, of course, we're we're we woke up to it, and there's thousands of others that have. I'm surprised how many people have. But there's still a lot of people out there. When you talk about this, or anybody listening right now, and you're hearing this for the first time, or just happen to get this at random, you're probably going, "What the? What's going on here? <laughs> you know, this is crazy." But it's not. It's it's a real phenomena, and it's a it's a beautiful thing. So.
0: Now well, that, that anyway. That is just that is just awesome. So, um, so let me ask the two of you: What is what do they call heaven over there?
1: <laughs> you know, I can't really say that. You know, because I just tuned in real quick to ask. You know, there was kind of a like. There's not really a word for it. Um, I just know that it just represents love. It's a space and time where spirits go where it's just love compassion um understanding it's it's just a you know but i understand too that that you know dimension you know space and time it's it's literally like if i reach out i'm probably reaching out into a different dimension you know what i mean it's like it's not necessarily you know up down in between it's just a different like doorway that we go through and it's a different format of, of what's going on. You know, I always had the kid image, you know, when I was growing up of in the clouds, well, it kind of is in the clouds, but the clouds could be here on earth. You know, it just depends on where, what, when. And I know that like dealing with my mom and my dad and, and family members who have passed animals that, you know, sometimes my dog that passed away 30, you know, um, oh, when did Allie pass away? Uh, 20 years ago, she still lays on the, um, in the kitchen where she used to always lay, you know? So it's, it's not like they, you know, spirits go to this another world. It's kind of just another space. It's just like, you know, seeing things out of the corner of our eyes, it's just that other space. And it's just love, compassion, wisdom, you know, journey, you know, just like we have here on earth is a journey, but yet it's just compassionately done differently.
2: Yeah, maybe one way to look at it a little bit. I mean, some people use the analogy of uh, radio, I mean, or TV stations, they're all, they're all here simultaneously, but you have to tune into that channel to pick up that frequency. So, all uh, heaven is is a, just a different frequency. That that when we uh, if we if we're the
1: uh,
2: figure like the machine, you know, like we have a dial in ourselves, and we just have to. We're learning how to dial to that frequency, and then as soon as you do, you're there, just like just like a television station. It's almost that simple. Yes. So.
0: Wow. Yeah. <laughs> while you guys <laughs> while you guys are talking, I'm trying to figure this out. So just because yeah. I'm. So anyway, um, that is you two. Let's get, go, go to... See, this
1: is a wonderful thing that Kevin's going to do for <clears> us <throat> is, is that, you know, we're starting this new adventure and being human, you know, you have to live through the experience and that's what being human is kind of about. And that's the difference between us and on the other side is, is that we have this physical body that we're going through, learning things, and, and you're seeing the three of us the first time going YouTube Live and Kevin breaking out of his normal self. <laughs>
0: well, you know, it's, it's interesting because uh, you just and this is just as a footnote. There's nobody listening, but there's a footnote for for this for next time. And that is uh, that if you you need to make sure that you're on Zoom and not on YouTube live, because if you're on YouTube live, it all gets all screwed up.
1: So <laughs> you know, like I told you before, do not pay attention to the video. But you know what? I kind of apply that to life. Don't always uh, don't always you know notice what's in front of you because you're going to get messed up if you if you're paying to the n- to the news and all that kind of stuff. You just kind of have to just kind of go to what you know is your reality and just keep moving forward sometimes to survive. <laughs>
0: oh, exactly, exactly. So when we when we talk about so. Last time we talked about uh, kind of the the rough edges of what happens up there, but and that you go in front of your council. And by the way, there are two other episodes. If you you should probably review those because uh, we're not going to go over the same material over and over and over again. But uh, you you go see your council and stuff. But I want Regan. I want to take you to where we've seen our council, we've had our life review, and now we're going to go home. What's that?
2: Um. Well, what's interesting is uh, we've had cases, uh, and Dolores Cannon has too in some of her research, where um, we're expecting we put people in a, get them in a deep state of trance in a sense, which, like I say, almost everybody can do. And um, then we have them, like, we have them imagine themselves in a cloud drifting along and then we have them leave the cloud and tell them they're going to be in another place in time when they were somebody else uh, having a different you know different experience of somebody else and then we have them you know look when they when they land we have them look down at their feet just to see what they're wearing well we've had some then they go i don't have any feet <laughs> you know and they realize they're just spirit they're just energy and they're they're and we end up finding that they didn't have a physical life but they had a spirit Because your energy, you could be anything in the universe. So um, one of the ones um, was um, above the earth, actually. She didn't go down to earth. And she was looking at the earth when the earth was forming. And that lifetime she had was being part of the energy that was helping cool the earth. So um, you see, this this mindset, when when you get out of having this physical body and who we really are, and that's when you, when people have this experience, they're so, so surprised. It makes this experience so real because they see their mother and father as some, not all the times, but they see them as energy, as light. And but they, but they, they know who they are, you know, because we're in that state. It's just like us looking at each other now. We see each other as real. On the other side, you, you see in the the way the physics is over there, where we're just energy. So when you think about, it, if we're energy, we could be in you know, we could be in a tree, you know, we could be in the wind, we could be anywhere where there's uh, service to be done, you know, for the for God or something, you know, wherever he needs us. And sometimes that means taking bodily form, which we have decided apparently to do, because here we are, you know, um, so it's a, diff- a, a different um, mindset to put yourself into. And once you understand that we're energy, then all kinds of things don't seem so weird anymore, you know
0: now is there a place that we go do we sleep do we eat do we what do we, i mean is there a, do we have a home where we've got uh, uh soulmates and stuff like that that and that, that hang around with us
1: you know i have an understanding that yes on the soulmates yes on the soul family i'm going to call it not necessarily soul soulmates. but soul families that yeah. we just spend time with like my dad, mom, and I, you know, and family members, we spent time together in many different lifetimes. And, you know, I know my dad and I, were we were like, I would call us soulmates in a way because we, we've spent many lifetimes together. And, and, you know, so with that, that we have soul families that we commune with on the other side, you know, like my dad and my mom, they come back together, but my dad is busy doing his spirit work. You know, he's, he's one of the worker bees. I wouldn't call him, I would call him an earth angel, you know, when he spends time on this earth, he's more of an earth angel. And so uh, when he's in spirit form, he's doing his earth angel walk, you know, even in spirit. So with that, that we do spend time with those those beings. And, and I want to kind of come back to what you were saying, Regan, about how we're not always spirit. I have had a past life where, and it was between this one and my one before where I was like in world war two, world war one. And I was helping beings come off of, or get, if they were hurt, get them off of the, the trauma field, you know, where the war was going on and back into their pits. Were you a medic for words right now? But I was an angel doing that.
0: Yeah. So you were, you you were not a physical,
1: I I have an understanding ego set aside that I'm an earth angel. And so with that, that I kind of walk this life even now, just spreading kindness, spreading love, spreading wisdom, spreading just that hope for tomorrow. And that's basically what people, you know, when we're spending time in our spirit form, that's what the intention is really is how can we navigate through? And that's that next step behind the, the wisdom that we gained from what did we go through in this life, that life review as we called it, you know, they move into that next, like, this is who I am. They're either getting ready for their next life if they choose to step into that, or they're just kind of being, you know, capital B-E-I-N-G. You know, they're just being where they're at. There's not like a, um, you know, sometimes there's jobs, you know, like my dad, you know, hey, can you go help, da-da-da-da-da, you know, the kind of the, there's kind of like different, I don't want to call them hierarchies because it's not better than, but just people who are kind of knowing that, oh, wait a minute, we need assistance over there. Can you go do that, you know, type of thing. So there's kind of, there's there's just, there's jobs, but there's not necessarily a um, put the racksack on and, and walk through the job. You know, it's more spirit realm. It's more, okay, you know, this is the greater good that we're trying to pull.
0: Well, you know, and, go ahead, Regan.
2: Well, um, yeah, and um, uh, Michael's research too, he asked that when people are on the other side and he says, well, what do you do you know, over there? And um, it was interesting to see that it's like, there's a, you know, probably uh, an infinite amount of jobs you can have over there because mm-hmm. when you think that life is teeming all over the, all over all the universes in every aspect, um, you know, not just earth, they can go somewhere else. They can, you um, and uh, a lot of uh, the souls up there never experience uh, coming into an earthly body. They, in other words, they've chosen just to stay, and they've always been in that realm. You know, like when God mm-hmm. created them, they just stayed in that in that part. And then some of people, some of them decide to incarnate here or in other places. Um, but uh, one of the things I found interesting was, and again, this is more mind-blowing stuff, and I want to tell people that are just listening to this. We're just we're just trying to. F- figure things out here, you know, even the mm-hmm. three of us right here. And we know a lot from the research and personal experience, but uh, we're just being open to kind of what comes and how the pieces start filling in. Uh, but over there, like uh, we have a spirit, we have a, a certain amount of creative ability that God gave us. So um, a lot of the souls over there, when Michael would say, well, where did you go? What kind of job did you do and other things when you were spending your time in heaven. And some of them would say, well, we go and create, like they were learning how to create minerals. They were Mm -hmm. learning how to create things. So other planets were being formed and things like this. And it was a matter of like trial and error, you know, some of these souls kind of goof up and like, oops, uh, th- uh, there's a dinosaur how'd i do that you know? <laughs> i mean that's in my mind what was going on it's like you know that's the there's a lot of trial and error going on with souls that are trying just like people, a new job you know and god uh, has you go out there and then you get better and you get better and better at it you know um so they say don't worry about what you're gonna do in heaven i mean if you want to sit there and play a harp all day you probably could do that you know mm-hmm. um but most people want to get busy they want to learn that because they're that we're all part of god we're this love we want to do things to help each other you know so they usually pick a job that's going to do something whether it's to prepare a planet for other souls to to come into or just to do something productive something that comes from from love you know um oh and then uh so far the experience of uh asking uh people when they're over there when we ask about God, they call God over there. A lot of them refer to God as the presence. Mm -hmm. And then, and when we say, well, you know, can we go talk to God or something? And they go, well, God's above even this where we're at. You know, I mean, it's like, it's like um, people can talk to Jesus or Buddha, you know, you can talk to uh, different uh, people over there um, and people have an audience with Jesus or something like that. But as far as God, the, the oversoul or the, whatever, you know, they uh, they just say he's he's still beyond here you know so that's how that's how expansive God is and how I think it's incomprehensible to the human mind
0: well I, I if you guys don't mind I'd like to give you an analogy it's called my okay it's called my pumpkin pie uh, are you ready okay okay there's these three souls that are that are up in heaven <laughs> and they're and they're talking to each other and two of them said you know one said to the other, my favorite holiday was Thanksgiving. And he goes, why? Do you like the dressing or the man? No, it's the pumpkin pie. I love pumpkin pie. And those two guys had been on earth. And they had both experienced Thanksgiving. The third one was, had never been to earth or had never experienced Thanksgiving or pumpkin pie. And he said, well, what's it like? And the other two guys, you can't describe it i mean i i can I can feel it and I can sense it, and I had it, and I experienced it, but you can't describe what it tastes like and how it affects in your taste buds and everything that's I can't describe it for you and he said well that's that's a shame. we really like to have that experience. So he decided that he was going to, uh, come back to earth and he picked a place that had Thanksgiving and he enjoyed pumpkin pie. And then shortly thereafter, he was back in heaven with his other two buddies and they all three said, let's have pumpkin pie because we now all know what it tastes like because they needed that experience. Is that, am I, am I high? I haven't had anything. I'm in Washington and it's legal, (laughs) but I haven't had anything. So is, (laughs) am I high or what?
2: No, but I'm hungry for pumpkin pie now. <laughs> yeah, and that's a good, I think that's a good analogy because um, what Dolores Cannon does in her works too is uh, from what she's found out from the, the thousands and thousands of cases and stuff um, is that, you know, you have to think of everything as infinite. In other words, and all this, our lives and everything like this, we've, we've always been, we always will be. And we continually are gaining experience of some sort or another. Um, You know, like we we just have to almost experience every molecule of existence in a sense, you know. So, um, you know, we we still are, you know, we're we're little minded people, really. You know, we look at things as everything is right here when really it's all over the place, you know. So... um, that's why I think in, even in this work that the three of us are doing, we're going to be continually having our minds blown like, whew, you know, because it just goes deeper and deeper and more and more. But the good thing is, is it's all uh, like Natasha said, it's just all love. You know, it's just all about being a coworker about love. So we pretty much just need to concentrate on the life that we have now of being the most loving person, we the most kind Uh, the most giving person we could be. And you don't even have to even worry about the rest. That'll all take kind of take care of itself. So just kind of concentrate on, you know, being a, being a good person. And, and as a result of that, just watch what happens with your life and the world, you know, everybody did that.
0: What do you think, Natasha?
1: I think that is pretty right on, you know, that Um, that's why we're here on this earth is for experiences and, and getting a perception about something maybe, but yet at the same time, it's that getting clearer and, and, you know, and I'm going to speak boldly here that I have an understanding that I kind of remember that witnessing of myself of being plucked from light to become my own light And the presence of what we, some of us choose to call God, but that's just a name of humanness. But basically just love. That presence is is love from my understanding. And just having that be and then how I grew with each lifetime to be the soul that I am, which is basically in this human form right now. And, you know, it's just part of that dance. And I always kind of had a picture, you know, people always kind of picture their soul being shoved into this body. And I'm like going, that don't quite work. But what I get is, is that, that almost this physical form that you see now is almost like the skeleton of my soul. And it just kind of comes around me and just sits with me and just is part of my, and that aura is part of that soul experience. And, and so with that, that it's not about shoving that soul into me because it's expansive. It's greater than, you know, it's greater than anything uh, because it's love and love is greater than anything, you know, <laughs> so it's, it's just navigating through how do we perceive what we're doing on this earth and we can't get caught up in labels, you know, we can't get, get caught up in this, that or because we have so many different belief systems. And my understand about belief systems is: do we all speak the same language? No. No. Good. You know? And so we have different belief systems because we all have, speak a different language, and we need those different belief systems to kind of funnel us some knowledge into us within reason, you know. And then, do we choose that religion as our spirituality, or do we choose the religion as kind of like the the stepping stone to our spirituality? And do we put ourselves in a box or do we expand? And our soul wants to expand. And that's what I'm hoping that this conversation, these conversations can help is us expand.
0: Well, isn't it true? Isn't it true, young lady, that on Tuesday night, no. Isn't it true that that, uh, our souls are really, they're not confined to our body because if they were, we could not energetically be in touch with other people and other people's feelings and how they are. It actually is much bigger than what we are as a human, uh, in our little body. Uh, it's, 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 um, a bigger expanse and that's how we can touch other people and, uh, in, in an energetic way. And that's how you can do the type of work that you do, um, and stuff. And Regan can do what he does because of the energy that is out there that we want to connect with other people. In a, in a yes. real positive way. Is that, is yes. that, is that your understanding, Regan? Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: I, I, uh, <laughs> it's funny, I lost my train of thought for a minute. I got to take one of my memory pills again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, as we're, like, when I talk about ha- having to have an open mind, like Natasha was saying, I think that's the the main thing, because, um, I'm a little sensitive in actually doing these shows. I'm a bit sensitive to, because I know some people, when they listen to this, they might listen to it on YouTube two years from now or something. And w- w- when a person is really closed off and they think they got it all and they got it all in a little box of what God is and everything, and then somebody comes up with anything different than that, woo. I mean, it's, it's as bad as this, uh, you know, Trump Biden thing, you know, where people just have the that's, you know, they're one side or the other. So I know the, uh, even me doing this work from relatives and things, they get a little pushback, you know, but I have to say, well, look, I'm just a researcher. I'm just telling you what we're finding out. And it's up to the person to decide, you know, what's there. But I, I'm just convinced in doing this work, just like Natasha is doing this work. We, we, we just see this uh, weekly, you know, with clients and things like that. We see that there's something more than just what we were told when we were just kind of growing up, you know? Uh, and what do you, you know, some people just want to just say, no, well, even the alien thing now, I'm, that's my, been my big thing. Is like a lot of people just go, no, nope. no matter what they hear, what they see, they say, there's no way that we're the, they say we're the only ones in the whole universe and everything like that. But there's like reams and reams of information now and things that are out there that anybody with a, with a logic, using a logical mind, you, you look at all these things and And at least you can't say it's impossible. They'd have to say, well, maybe, you know, because there's so much information out there. So we can either be blind and keep our eyes closed, but maybe that's okay. Maybe in this lifetime, maybe we need to be closed minded because it's going to teach us certain things. Um, So I don't want people to feel like we're saying, hey, we're better than you because we have more information. We're just like everybody else. We're just gaining information. And we're curious about truth, about what's really there. And uh, when you think about it, we've all been programmed, you know, since we were young, like the thoughts that you have right now about your religion and stuff like that, if you really think about it, those were thoughts that somebody else had that they told you that you decided to accept, you know, because that's all we knew. And they were good, good meaning people because they were telling us the best they knew how, but somehow the way that we know about the way the subconscious works is when you're a little kid and somebody tells you something and you look up to that person as a, uh, a mentor or something, you take that in as absolute truth and it gets logged in your subconscious, you know, and it's hard to jar that loose sometimes once that's cemented in.
0: Oh, absolutely. Well, and, and I was (laughs) years ago, I was thinking about this and, and uh, because um, my uh, family is very much parts of my family are very much in that this is the only planet. This is, it and God is uh, surrounding with this planet and then then I started hearing about these things called uh, galaxies and <laughs> and that, and that in in a particular galaxy can be a, a million suns that are just like ours and then I heard about other galaxies that there are millions of galaxies that are bigger than the galaxy <laughs> that we live on. And we are so arrogant that we are going to sit here and say, "Nope, that's that's we're the only ones. There ain't nobody else around." Uh, because right. and it's like that just doesn't doesn't hold water. Doesn't make any sense.
2: Well, didn't Carl Sagan say? He said, "If if God didn't create people, otherwise, he said." What a waste of space, yeah.
0: you know, <laughs> what a waste. Well, and when you, you know? th- when you think about it, and we were talking about this, when you're on the other side, there are lots and lots of jobs, lots and lots of things, learning yeah. how to create, learning how to be a mentor, learning how to work with animals. I mean, there's, uh, there's so many different things that you can do on the other side that you decide that after, after you get done incarnating here, you can then go there to do more involved work because your understanding is better, but you need to gain the understanding of how to, how to get to there. I, at least that's, that's my, my humble opinion.
1: Yeah. Yeah. and, And some, some spirits, they choose to come on earth because it's a different physical experience that we learn different things than maybe we choose to have another lifetime on another planet in a different being, you know, that, and not every planet has physical form.
0: Right. You right. Know,
1: so some, some aliens, I'm going to just <laughs> to make it a, a term that everybody can understand there is spirit form of our soul and living there. Sure. And, and, you know, and sometimes they care, they go in spaceships and sometimes they don't, you know, and it's just amazing how, You know, we all kind of walk on different things. And like, I have this one memory of me falling off of a spaceship, watching Earth being made. And I don't remember having any like um, masks on or anything like that. But yet I fell off space and I ended up, you know, passing away because I fell off the spaceship. But I was sitting on the spaceship fine. So there was something about the bubble that the spaceship gave me. I don't know. I'm, I don't tune into that lifetime as well as I do, but, but I, but there was two things. I remember earth being made and I don't like edges anymore because of falling off something like that. You know, I don't mind heights, but I don't like looking over, you know? So, you know, you never know where past life can trigger you in this lifetime, but that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> have, you,
0: have you ever been, have you ever dreamt that you were underwater and could breathe?
1: Yes, that's and, the mermaid lifetimes,
0: and that and that's your home, and because you can breathe underneath water and stuff. I'm convinced that that has a basis in reality.
1: Yeah, many of us have had past lives <coughs> as mermaids.
2: Yeah, or just aquatic creatures. Yeah, yes. I, I, we've had in some of the cases uh, when the people are in trance, uh, and we have them in another life, and that's their their. Um, oh gosh, I forget. I wish I, there's so many cases I read. And I get them all intertwined sometimes, but basically, um, they, they were trying to look at the body and things like this, but they were in water, but Mm -hmm. that was, that was like us with air. We don't, you know, it took them a while until they came up. And then they, when they, when they kind of came up and one of them saw some land, like had peaked up above the water. And then they realized that 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 was a different place than where they lived or having their life, which was in, in water, you know? So, um, I don't know. I just <laughs> intelligent just
0: life is all throughout the galaxy. It's teeming. It's
2: everywhere with
0: an intelligent life.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, and so many people think that it's crazy thoughts when they have dreams about being a mer person, or if they're um were a star person, or even if they, you know, like there's many times where you know in spirit. You know, I would travel around at night. I even flew into my mom and dad's bedroom as a kid, you know. So it's like, you know, our spirit flies around even at night and sees crazy things. And so, you know, we got to have to sometimes it's kind of like, you know, doing YouTube live where there's the the you know, you got the zoom and then you got the delay. You know, we have to kind of almost tell our minds that we can we can uh, we don't have to understand it but we can understand it. You know, our bodies, our minds, our our hearts just kind of know what's truth where our mind tries to say, <laughs> or, you know, what we were told as young kids, you know, what we believe in isn't true. And it's like, because there's many of us as kids that we have memories of past lives.
0: Sure. And yeah. our
1: parents start saying, that's not true. Where is that coming from? That was a dream, you know? Yeah. It wasn't. It was, it was, it was <laughs> remembered and and it's that's where it's sad there's so many intuitive people that were shut down as young kids because they were told don't believe it right
0: my two-year-old son said to uh his mom when she was mad at him one time she said you know when i was the mom (laughs)
2: because
0: he 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 believed that he was he was her mom at one point
2: Yeah. yeah yeah Well, you know, if we get, you know, from time to time, maybe some of the shows will mention stuff. And because we don't know if this is the first or only time people will see this, too. Uh, that brings up that, that whole subject about kids who remember past lives. And again, let me mention that because uh, hypnosis, you know, some people say, well, some people remember past life, but they were they were in a trance and they were suggestible and their mind just made it up. Um Well, the study that the University of Virginia has been doing for 40 years has been on children who remember past lives. And then they follow up with the information the kids Mm -hmm. say and try to prove and find that that what they said was true. And they have over twenty five hundred cases now there where they've been able to interview the child and then uh, find a newspaper articles or something or go way back. Or some of them that reincarnated pretty quickly. Some of the people in their old lifetime were still alive in this lifetime. And the kid was able to go like to the house and say, this was my bedroom. This is my uncle. So-and-so whatever, you know, so uh, people can look that up. If you just go to, well, anything by Ian Stevenson, you know, he wrote these books on children who remember past lives and it talks about his trips around the world. And then there's another gentleman now, I should get his name, but he's got a great video on YouTube um, that you might be able to find it's on there. And he's about all the current cases they're finding out. So, and these are kids aren't in hypnosis. They just say, Daddy or mommy, I yeah. was I was they in another
1: life.
2: <laughs> yeah no.
1: Yeah and, and that's the thing that about um, that about being the human experience that I've witnessed is is that there's a short time of um, uh, when somebody's born that they're kind of like in no man's land. they kind of float between spirit realm and and memories of past and and moving and moving forward. and then kind of life or reality kind of hits. And then there's that kind of, um, I would say almost six months before somebody passes. That there's that kind of the wall really starts thinning, and they become elusive into walking in and out of this world. You know, their spirit kind of starts going away. And like you've mentioned, Kevin, that you know your brother's in this realm, and he's probably more out getting you know guidance on how to transition than he is you know here.
0: Yeah, he, yeah but. He ain't listening. There's oh.
2: a- yeah. What's the latest? What's your brother, Kevin? What's he? uh um, he hanging in there?
0: Well, they they uh, for those of you that are listening, my brother was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer, and he they the oncologist said. Uh, I think it's time for hospice. And my, and my brother, of course, said, hell no, it's not time. I'm not going anywhere. And so they got hospice involved and then they got uh, a cancer care thing over here involved, but they were looking for somebody that was not nearly as advanced as he is. And so they said, you know, hospice would be a great place for you. So, so now he's in, he's in that process. And you know, I was thinking about this. I would get, get, love to get your guys' opinion. When you're in that process, when you know, well, first of all, we all know we're going to die. It's just a question of how and a question of when. And when, but in his mind, he knows he's going to die, and he knows how, and he has a rough idea of when. How do you think you would handle that, knowing what you know about the afterlife? how would you? How would would you process that?
2: I had to. I had to process that about four years ago. Um, I'd helped a client, a hypnotherapy client, who was an elderly man and he needed to go to a, a retirement facility, but he needed to sell his house. So I volunteered to help him paint the front of his house so that, uh, cause he didn't have the money and stuff like this. So here I'm out in a hundred and something degree weather, and I haven't been doing this, you know, painting forever. And anyway, uh, I got sick of, that night I was uh, sleeping I, and I, and I started getting the shivers and I thought I'd caught like a cold or something or got heat stroke, you know? Um, and uh, my girlfriend uh, at the time uh, who I'm actually with now, a wonderful human being, uh, Patty, she, uh, for a birthday present, she was taking me to Hawaii. So I went from LA. I just met her there. We got on a plane and I'm, I'm thinking, well, this is, I'm just heat stroke. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to get over it. We land in Hawaii and I'm so bad that she makes me go to emergency room we go in an emergency room. They take a, an X-ray of my lungs, and they go, "Whoa, we think you have lung cancer." So they flew me. They got me on a plane. They flew me from one island to another. I end up being in hospital for a month in Hawaii, and uh, they it took them uh, two weeks to find out what it actually was. But during that time, everybody thought I had at least stage four. Some can't like my lungs look like they're gonna like I'm gonna be dead, you know. So I'm laying there. I had to go through the same thing your brother's going through. And it was the weirdest thing, but I, I was okay with it. Knowing what I know, I just was saying, Hey, if this is, you know, I think I say, I kind of don't want to go. Cause I'm just kind of getting the hang of things here. And it's kind of be, life's becoming fun. Even with problems, it's becoming a, a fun place. But I, I was, I was I somehow was at peace with it. And when I, when I finally got out after a month and I lived through the thing, they found out it was, uh, Valley Fever, which is in California. There's just a few places in the world you can get this thing called Valley Fever. They have a name that's like like this long, you know, what it's called. I never know what it is, but Valley Fever for short. It's a spore that's uh, buried in the earth. And when it dries out and wind comes up, it comes up and gets in the air. And if you're just driving down the freeway and you breathe in one little spore of it, and it gets in your lungs and it, and it just, it's kind of like COVID a little bit, where it just messes with your lungs and you, and the mortality rate about with people over 60 was pretty high. So um, anyway, they fixed me and I got out of there. So at the end, I thought, okay, let me just be honest with myself. What, and I said, so I'm going to write down the negative things and the positive things about me having to almost dying and be in the hospital for a month. And I came up with 42 good things and one bad thing. You know, what was a bad thing? The food. <laughs> <laughs> I could not, I did not even want to eat the next meal they were going to give me. It just was horrible. Yeah. And I thought, and I thought here they are in a hospital to heal. And it's all this processed, yuck, awful taste and stuff, you know, So, uh, but it was okay. So, but that's because of my belief system. I think it's like, like, okay, if it's time to go, it's time to go. And you kind of go, Oh, shucks. You know, like, like, I kind of, I kind of want to stay here a while. You know, but at the same time, part of you says, "I know if I die, it's going to be okay, and it's going to be what's supposed to be, and it's going to be my time." Natasha, you know.
1: Well, you know, I've watched many people pass, and the like. My father, he had a very enlightened spirit life walking. He just, he, just, I always said he had one foot in this world and one in the other world, you know, the spirit world. And he didn't want to leave us behind, but he was kind of okay, leaving his body behind. You know, he didn't want to leave his relationships behind. And then my, my, uh, mother of heart, um, she came into my life after my mom passed and she was in my life for 20 years and she ended up being kind of my mother. <laughs> so I called her my mother of heart. And she, every time she got ill, I'm leaving, I want to go, I'm leaving. Well, about the age of 81, she decided that it was her time. And she went very, I would say gracefully, for having her body go from a walking state of a basic healthy woman to not breathing. And it took her about a three-month process to go through it because our physical bodies have this one something in the brain that says breathe and blink and the heart beats. You know what I mean? It's like there's these, the primal thing that tells us to breathe and that kind of stuff. And she had to coax her body. Her spirit wanted to leave, but her, her, she had to coax her body into leaving and, and she, she did it. And it was graceful for her in that, sense it was still troublesome in its own rights but you know she went peacefully and she would tell me that you know the last three weeks of her life that she wasn't here she was having conversations with loved ones she was having conversation with guides she was having conversations with everybody she says I've learned more about my life in the last three weeks in this bed than I have for my whole life you know it's because she had that knowing in her spirit and it was interesting to watch, you know, her go compared to, you know, the people who weren't quite as spiritual and not quite as wisdom. And then watching my animals go, you know, they're very spiritual based and they left quicker than anybody because they just kind of said, I'm done.
0: No, they get it. They get yeah. it. They, they, they well, really they, get it. Go ahead.
1: Process. You know, I, I but heard they, this. they did it.
2: I heard the story, again, that I would read about Sam Kinison, the uh, comedian when he died. Yeah. Uh, And uh, I always thought that was interesting. I heard that years ago. That's before I was doing any of this work. And it really makes sense now. I guess he was driving his Corvette uh, uh, at a high rate of speed in Nevada or something. He crashed. And he must've had a follow-up car or something with friends or something, because it seemed like it was someone that knew him that was holding him when he died. And he was yet first, he was going, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. I want to die. And then at one point he got peace, peaceful. It was like, he was looking and like talking to people that they couldn't see. Mm-hmm. And then he said to his friend that was holding him, he says, it's okay. It's okay. I can, I'm ready to go. And then he died, you know? So uh, uh, but I, I guess I, I've had so many people in the cases I've read and my clients that I've had, that when they die in other lifetimes, and they get to the other side, the majority of almost immediately are like, totally okay with it. Like, Mm -hmm. like, oh, man, I'm done. Good. Thanks. Oh, my gosh. What was that? Some of them are still emotionally connected to that life for a little bit. And it takes them a little transition before they're okay. But just, just a little time where they're kind of like, Oh, I wish I could have. And then they like, Wow, and then they transition into their real self, and and they're totally okay. So I know that'll be me. You know, get over there, and I'm like, oh shucks, I wish I could've been on this this uh, this webinar thing with Natasha and Kevin again, but, uh, <laughs> but I had to I had to check out and and oh, t-
1: cancel clear delete that
0: <laughs> yeah home. cancel clear delete
2: time to go time to go
1: yeah because
2: I'm older See, I'm older than both of you I'm in my 70s so mm-hmm. you know. I'm looking, and I think well, realistically, even if I take good care of myself, maybe I'll get to my 90s or something, you know, like my mom did. Um, And although, interestingly, so I went to a webinar in Marin on a TED Talk. It was a a TEDx talk, I guess. And they had people on the panel that were from uh, the different places that are in the know about what's going on health-wise with people in the world. And they said that, um, like my my grandchildren's children should easily live to be 110 or 120 mm-hmm. with all of the technology that we have going now. So, you know, we're, uh, we're getting, we're getting there, you know, where people went in the old time would live 40 or 50 years old. And now we're, we're complaining because we, we only live to 80 or 90 and, um,
0: yeah, yeah, you know, but there's this, there's, there's this other thing. I, my, my mother, who's in her eighties, and I went to a Red Lobster, uh, uh, yeah, Red Lobster one time. And, uh, as we're walking into the restaurant, there was this van from a retirement home. And we said, Oh, there's somebody's having a good time. And, and so we walked in and we sat next to this large table of 16 people. There were 14 women and two guys. Then they, the women were laughing and carrying on and having a good time. The guys were in walkers. They didn't look like they were mentally there anymore. It's like, okay, you girls, you have this life as long as you want it. But when I get to that point, I've told my kids we have a, we have a signal. When I get to that point, um, there's they're supposed to take me to the Aurora Bridge with in my uh, uh, wheelchair and throw me off. And then yeah. you know, but I would
1: say, but I would like to talk about that though. That women have been taught it's okay to cry, it's okay to be emotional. Men, from past experiences of past, you know, generations have been shut down. And I don't know when what we you mean. Carry that much pain and ache in our bodies, our bodies pain and ache, and with that, the the you know, I'm hoping that the men of today's world you know uh, especially the youngers that they've learned that they can have, be emotional like I grew up my children um, I have one who's transgendered into a woman now that when they were younger I would say you know society may not want you to cry you know in school and they may make fun of you so you may choose not to want to cry then but I want you to know that anytime you want to come home and let it loose come home and let it loose
0: that's nah, not manly. you're not allowed to do that. Come on come out with you
2: yeah. well I, uh, <laughs> I I published this in some of my books uh, uh, about my I used to have anger management issues all the way up till my early forties. you When? yeah me I know you God, seem, so like, such like, a, God, angry. You seem like such a you seem like such a mild the time, go, soul I know I am well, I am now, but I didn't used to be. I mean, well, I never was like a cruel person, you know, like a cruel evil guy would come home and just beat his wife or something. But, um, when, when I couldn't handle this, what we call fatal perils, like when you, when you feel like, ah, oh, oh, like this, you know, uh, I would yell and throw things, you know, break things and stuff and scream because I didn't know any better. I just thought that's what people do, you know? Uh, anyway, um, when i when I finally saw the collateral damage it did when my eleven year old stepdaughter was crying for two days because of of uh, a hair and my wife and I argue over something uh, and then my wife told me that uh, uh, w- I was coming down the stairs and my eleven year old was going up past me and she was crying and I asked my mom I said well what's going on and they she got made fun of at school a lot and i said they they bother in her school again and she says no it's because of of that you know argument we had the other night and i Oh, God, I felt like I felt like a sledgehammer hit me in the gut. And I realized that I was causing my yelling and screaming caused this 11 year old to be crying for two days, you know, so uh, here's spirit working again. Now, Natasha, you're going to like this. My wife was in a in an adult education class. She was in a class uh, uh, about hell. I forget what her class was. But anyway, the person next to her could see she was a little worried about something, and they she confided in her. And the woman says, "Wow, my boyfriend used to have anger issues too. He went to this thing called Man Alive in Sacramento, and I uh, said he just totally turned him around." So she came home and she said, "Regan, would you would you be willing to take this thing?" And of course, you know, sucking in my ego and all that kind of thing, like a man doesn't need anything. Uh, I said, "Okay." So I signed myself in. I get in there that night. There's a circle of 21 guys. Some of them got tattoos on, the gangbangers, things like this. A guy that was right next to me looked kind of normal. He ended up being a highway patrolman, and he volunteered to be in the class by himself. So did I. Everybody else was court-ordered into the same community. But
1: court-ordered those. That same one there. Like court-order. My <laughs> husband getting being caught being drunk yeah. driving. But, you know? <laughs>
2: Yeah. My ego, my ego got in the way. And I'm like, I'm late. I'm sitting, I'm looking at these other people and I'm going, I'm not like these guys. I'm not a gangbanger. I'm a good guy. But then when they went over on the drawing board of how they've learned, how our mind works, how, how, like, we think we have buttons that get pushed, but actually we actually, in an instant, we decide to do violence and they teach you how to slow it down by teaching an anchor that when you feel like, like this, you teach your mind that that you, that that's about when you're about ready to blow and because you're a good person, you don't want to hurt people you love knowing and all of a sudden going, Oh, I'm about ready to blow and having that little extra second or two,
1: Mm -hmm. then
2: you you decide to deal with your feelings and to not go there, you know, and it worked like magic, although it took a little time. But the reason I brought this up is because in there, it one of the problems that men have anger issues is because of all this stuffed emotion that they have of, you know, Mm Uh, boys got to have blue blankets, girls have pink, guys can't show their emotions and that. And when P- when guys would say, well, I can't do that that's not what a real man, is. He's the and the teacher would say, how's that working for you? You know, and that really, that doesn't that make in your happy life because you can't express your emotions. You can't express your wants and needs and your feelings. So um, in the class, I was, in- I took it for three years, uh, every Thursday night, three hours, it went through the same thing. And over that time, everybody in my life got nicer. <laughs> and it's funny. I saw the bumper sticker one day and it said, boy, how you've changed since I've changed. You know, yes. and I got the respect back on my family. And that, and so I've had, uh, keep track, I've had two incidences that I don't like that happened in the last uh, 26 years they had. And one was when I was being attacked by someone that was bipolar that was off their meds. And I just, I, I got angry and responded in a, in a way that wasn't me, you know, that I wasn't me anymore. And I, to this day, when I think of that, I, I feel sad inside, but but that's how much you, you know, so people out there listening to this, I mean, we're down here to learn. And that, to me, that's one of my life's lessons down here is to learn how to deal with emotion, to learn that men need to be able to express their feelings. You know, this society that said that and macho is not always a good thing, you know. Um, you need to be like a, they say the samurai the samurai when they would go into battle, they went in with their emotions intact and they did not fight with anger or uh, revenge or anything like that. i mean the, A good samurai went in with love and went, he needs to protect this village, but he 's going to go and just do his job you know and not get all involved in the uh into hate and uh and the emotion and that they said otherwise you 're going to get yourself killed <laughs> you know if you go in that way you know. Mm-hmm so anyway that's you know men out there you gotta you gotta learn to it's okay to cry and uh um uh, this this thing is still have it well it's only available in sacramento right now if anybody has in sacramento it's called uh it's called man alive and they had they still have a program going on there this is 20 something years later and it's i hear it's evolved into being even better uh, because there's a saying saying once an abuser, always an abuser. And that can be true if you don't, if you, if a guy isn't willing to change, you know, because you, you got to change the wiring and your subconscious to act differently than you've been acting your whole life, you know? So
0: See, you I'm no, I've never understood the concept of hitting a woman. Doesn't seem to fit my my. Uh, I've never never have been able to figure that out. Why? But I suppose I you know or or to. I've lost my temper. I think I can count five or six times in my life where I've really lost my temper. Uh, other yeah. than that, I'm. It, Doesn't make it doesn't compute for me. Now, is that because uh, Natasha? And this is for you. Is that because that's at our soul level, or is that a combination of our soul and our brain? How does it work that some people like me never get really upset and some people can't survive a day without it?
1: Well, I think it's kind of like um, this is going to reach into other conversations, but it's kind of like a hand. You know, we have the <laughs> astrology, we're made up of different planets, you know, you know, like my husband's a Leo, I'm a Cancerian, a Cancer, you know, I don't like that word Cancer because it's one yeah. of my lessons of is navigating that because I've had too many family members die of it. So I'm kind of like cancel, color, delete that. (laughs) So with that, that there's that star person, you know, the star part of us, and then there's the soul body that has to learn these experiences. And then there's the, the, the makeup of, our parents' life journeys, that kind of thing. And, you know, and this particular finger is not necessarily meant to be that, but sometimes we got to say that to (laughs) to certain family members. You're number one.
0: You're number one.
1: You know, and then we have, you know, this um, knowings of ourselves, you know, and then, you know, we have this, but it all makes who we are. And, but there's a lot of people who believe And like you were saying earlier that, you know, what what we're told as kids, we believe it. And, you know, we have choices along the way. If we grow up in an abusive family and we have that anger management, we don't have the skills to learn anger management, we're going to grow up more angry. And like for my husband who started drinking when he was 14, uh, 12, 14, somewhere in there. And I would say that a lot of people who have addictions, they have this kind of a, a emotional attachment. It's it's an energy and it's called addiction. And that addiction carries anger, frustration, um, lack of acceptance, judgment. You know, it has uh, anything and everything that it's about the, I am important. And if it doesn't go my way, I'm going to be angry about it. And it's and it is called addiction. And some of us have addiction even to anger. Some of us have an addiction to food. Some of us have an addiction to, you know, a drug. It doesn't have to be labeled as anything, but it still has that other identity to it that is, is anger. And I can say that's one thing that when my husband, before my husband stopped drinking or before he's, you know, before he stopped drinking, he was angry. He was disappointed. He was frustrated. You know, there's a couple of times when he was really frustrated with my kids and I took the stick out of his hand, you know, because I was like, you're not going to hit my kids, you know? And he, to this day, can't believe he would go there. Yeah. Yeah. He, he just can't because he's now, he, <laughs> this month is our eighth year ce- celebration of him being sober and that anger in him. He still has frustration, but it's not that reactionary impulsive boom, anger anymore, you know? And, and he's kind of taken that to the side and, and started learning to accept life. Yeah. And he can't control it. And that's the difference, I think, with a lot of, of people that they don't realize what is really attached to them from what they've learned. And that is, you know, I know that we're not going in talking about past lives and that kind of stuff, but that's part of what we're in this life to do is to learn how to be, how to be, capital B-E. You know, we're not necessarily supposed to learn to be de- human. We're supposed to learn to be and it's not an interest, it's not an easy walk to do that because we have all this, I'm gonna call it the SHIT stuff in our brains, you know that yeah.
0: That's all right. That's all right. I thought you were gonna say God didn't mean us for a to be a dick, uh, but that, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> He
1: hey, actually yeah. didn't. the the presence, the the spirit of of what we choose to call God, does not intend us to be this way yet. Sometimes because we're human, we have experiences that are not in control of spirit. Yeah. We have that free choice. We it's called reaction. And if our parents, when we were three years old hit us because they were so freaking angry and slammed us into a closet and locked us in That was reactionary. That was not spirit allowing that. Now, the angel that chose to come and sit in the closet with you and hug you was spirit saying, We'll help you survive.
0: So, so then,
1: many people don't understand that there was an angel with them, but there was.
0: So, ladies and gentlemen, I do have a question for you, and that is, our souls come down here to learn, we inhabit a body that uh, that we picked on our way back, and we, by the way, we didn't talk a great deal about what we were supposed to be doing on the other side, we kind of got sidetracked, but that's the cool <laughs> thing, that's the cool thing about this, is we get to do this again and again, and by uh, the way, for those that are listening, uh, at 4 o'clock on Mondays, we'll be doing more Life Between Lives sessions with uh, both Regan and uh, and Natasha, but I Wanted to. I wanted to ask both of you that our souls have come here with an, an agenda. They come here with an idea of what they want to get done. What is it that prevents us from following their agenda?
1: Life. Oh, right. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah. That's what I hear um, <clears throat> when, and um, these different cases that I'm talking about. Um, it's like. When they're in heaven as you say and they decide to come down they go i'm going to learn this um they decide how much of their soul energy they're going to put into the body Uh, that's why there's always part of us in heaven you know like we split kind of split ourselves up uh, which is why when i have people in, in trance they actually merge with their higher self and then they become like Solomon. It's amazing what they can say or know or whatever. But um, what they say sometimes, they go, oh, yeah, I'm going to go down to earth. I'm going to learn this. They get down in the physical body and then all of a sudden they go, what the? Oh, my God, I bit off a little more and I could chew here. And they realize just how difficult it is in this human body and this in the in the earth world and as they say, as we'll pro- you probably hear say over and over again, many times that souls on the other side say, "This is this is pretty much the uh, hardest, one of the hardest uh, places to come and mm-hmm. learn stuff, because you get bombarded with emotional stuff and physical stuff at the same time, rather than one at a time." And p- the souls come down here and they think it's going to be easy, but they get sidetracked, they get seduced by, too, you know, too much pleasure and and uh, not getting their work done, you know. Uh, so. Um, this is our thing. So don't people that listen out there don't feel bad about yourself if you have issues, you have problems, and things like this. Because even the fact that you're listening to the show is going to get you a little closer to what you want to do. It's going to go make you think about, oh, you know, why am I really here? You know, well, just just do stuff that's loving in your life, and you'll, you're going to get close to probably, you know, doing what your mission is, or you may or already be in your mission. You just don't even know it because sometimes a mission could be as simple as you're going to bring this ch- one soul into the world as your son or daughter and you're going to be their mentor to teach them how to be loving and kind. That may be your whole goal. It may be simple. It's not always like a Martin Luther King or Gandhi or something big like that. Mm -hmm. A lot of times it's simple things, you know, I remember, I I think I sent her when I was talking to Kevin one time, one of the, uh, one of the uh, sessions that uh, a therapist had that she asked uh, the lady, well, what did you come to earth to learn? And she said, patience. Mm
1: -hmm. And he says,
2: says How long have you been? How, how, how long have you been learning how to? Did uh, you get patience? She said, "About well, Earth years about five hundred years, <laughs> you know." <laughs> and
0: I still ain't got it yet.
2: No, so you just gotta chill. You gotta laugh. You gotta love your life and the people around you, and and just be a you know a good person. You don't have to worry about all this spiritual stuff if you don't want to. Just here you are. You might as well make the best of it and be as good and nice of a person as you can you know yeah but i
0: want to know and
1: and, and a lot of people i'm gonna i'm gonna help out some people here because i know like watching my husband figure out what love was he didn't know what love was but he knew about being kind and i know that when he started figuring out how to be kind love followed suit And so if, if somebody's having just a hard time, it's called being kind. And, and when we practice that practice makes better, that's one of my mantras is practice makes better. And, and when we can do that, it it does help us navigate through because I, in my sessions that I do helping people walk through life that, that when some of them say, what is my purpose here? And I go, for one, I just want you to start being Just start being kind to yourself, start being kind to others. And I said, pretty soon when you start walking that path of just being, being more interactionary instead of reactionary, you're going to start finding life is going to start telling you where to go. And that's part of your purpose is to be the person you're supposed to be, which is kindness, which is being the love And if that brings it out to where, you know, you're supposed to be on YouTube and helping people, or if you're just supposed to be a cash register person in a supermarket and just being the better person you can be to help people smile. You know, it doesn't matter where you do it. It's how you do it.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. That's that's very very well said, very well said. Well, we've come to the end of our time together oh, this no, evening. No. It's amazing, isn't it? So let's let's run through uh, Regan. If if somebody wants to contact you to talk about hypnotherapy and all the other things that you do, teach them how to be a, a ventriloquist or something like mm-hmm. that. How do they get a hold of you?
2: Um, well, visit is my website. Also, Life Coach Central expert. If you're listening to this and the spiritual stuff just has you has you uh, too spooked out, then if you go to the traditional therapy site, it's lifecoachcentral.expert, it's not dot expert. And you can see all the good modalities that help you with your regular problems and issues you have. Uh, I'm in California and I actually I have uh, an office in Los Angeles that I see people, one in Sacramento, one in the Bay Area around San Francisco. So uh, if you need help, just go to the website and you can get a hold of me there. Phone number, everything's there. Um, and just to let you know that it's so easy, if you want to visit the afterlife where and visit, take a little two-hour or three-hour visit to where you go in between lives. And that's what we want to motivate people to know that that's possible. You just get really comfortable. I get you really relaxed. And there seems to be a switch that most people have that you can just flip the switch and there you go to a past life. And then there you go to where you go between lives and it's life changing. It gives you this bigger perspective right off the bat. You're not alone. There's always somebody watching you and helping you and you'll, you'll, you'll feel love, love, like you've never felt before. So Mm -hmm. love to help you if you want to do that.
0: Thank you, sir. And uh, Natasha, you got, you got, you got an, an announcement to make too.
1: Yes, I do. I do. I do. Thank you, Kevin. So what it is is that I am at angelic and I love to help people work through life. I'm one that, if you haven't noticed, I kind of have had a life experience of looking at um, emotions, grief and many other ch- avenues of that. And I love <laughs> to support people navigating through a different understanding of how to be human so with that that and I also do my mediumship so if you're looking at helping someone if you want to have help communicating with a loved one or if you are wanting to find out a past life because many past lives do trigger us in this lifetime and i i can i can go i work well in the akashic records as it's called <laughs> and also too if you would like on wednesdays kevin and i are going to be doing life clarifications and we're going to be having a lot of conversations you know stemming around what we talked about today and or many other conversations and it's going to be uh, a wonderful dance of of being able to take comments and questions and and just be in that process. So if you would like to you have a session with me, you can catch me at Natasha at um, AngelicClarifications.com.
2: And, oh, and go ahead. Can I mention one more thing? If uh, you're out of California, go to the Newton Institute. I think it's org. Oh, gosh, I should know. But if you just type in Newton Institute, you'll get there. And there's a list of therapists in 40 countries that can help you have this uh, wonderful uh, life between life experience. So that's it
0: so there you go and all i do is find people like you and put them on the radio that's what i do and if you'd like to find out more about me and what i do you can go to my independence report uh the podcast and just just type in my independence report we're on the front page we're big time now so we i so we do that and given that i you know it's great fun having you guys here and i look forward to next monday as well and monday at four o'clock and it's going to be live again so i know we've had some folks listen and come in and come out and stuff but it's been it's been fun and it's going to grow and it'll be it'll be a lot of fun so natasha any last words before we kick it off
1: so i would i would just ask that through the transitions of worry anxiety and reactions that we just be kind be kind to the one that lo- that's looking in the mirror. Be kind to the one that's looking at us, you know, who are in our houses, and do the better that we can. And please put the punishing stick down because we are human, having an experience. And many times, if we are angry, like you know, Regan was saying that he got angry with the person who was schizophrenic and and off his meds. Sometimes we have to meet. Sometimes I had to be angry with my husband yeah. to stop him from being angry at me, you know. But sometimes I had to walk out the door, you know, and let him be angry by himself. And that's where I'm hoping to help people work through that. So just be kind. That's yeah. that's the easiest way to start a new path is just being kind.
2: Yeah, and uh, Kevin, here's a, just a quick thing. If you, I knew that. If you. If you if you don't know where to start, just start uh, and do little acts of random con- Even if it's picking up a piece of trash that's not yours and putting it in a can. You, you, and and you, we found out um, through the study of the mind how the subconscious works that you can actually fake it till you make it. Like yeah. when you're when you're when your subconscious sees you constantly doing these little things, even though in your mind you're going, "Uh, what am I picking up someone's trash for? It's not my stuff." You know, but just do it. And then after a while, your subconscious seeing you do these things and it gets on board. And then it, you'll find yourself doing these things, not even thinking about it. And then you'll realize that you've kind of reprogrammed yourself to just be kind, uh, to do random acts of kindness without even thinking about it. And that's when you know you're getting somewhere
0: absolutely that's that's a great thing to say sir mm-hmm. uh, you know when i was driving a bus some one time a guy just dropped a, a, a can right there in front of the, of the bus and stuff and i stopped he got on the bus sat down and i just stopped the bus and went and got the thing and put it in the garbage can and got back on the bus and drove drove some nobody said a word nobody said uh i'm, I'm late now because you, everybody knew what i was doing and that, and that was fun so just be kind and remember uh-huh. when you say something nice to someone When you smile at someone, even through your mask, that may be the only smile that person has experienced all day.
2: Yeah. Good, good, good thought, Kevin.
0: If you, if you can just do that, you will live your life and it will change in a great big way. And with that, you know, take care of each other. (laughs) Take care of yourselves. Hey, and thanks for listening to this episode all the way to the end. Hey, pretty cool.